You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our review of round 9 and preview of round 10. This episode is brought to you by the number 3 which is also the amount of goals scored, points earned, and total red cards given to Sporting <laughs> Kansas City. Uh, no, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, actually, um, brought to you by the amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon supporters. It's because of you that we're able to keep this project going. And final announcement of this week, be sure, or this month, be sure to have uh, joined the Patreon community at the level that you want so that uh, on March 1st I can run the report to have the most accurate report for where everybody's levels are so I can get the swag uh, sorted out and start posting the links for the uh, Fiverr um, options for this year's magnet and uh, pin for for uh, the Patreon community to pick. So head over to patreon.com slash MLSFI to find out more about that and the various tiers of support that we have. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Blaine Riffle. Ashley will be joining us momentarily, and our special guest, I would like to welcome Tyler, a.k.a. Ranchinator, from the MLS Fantasy Boss Differentials and, of course, the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord. How are you all doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Had a good Differentials week, so feeling good about that. <laughs> oh, Blaine, he, he beat you. He beat you. Yeah, I something. I'm just slow today. Mm. <laughs> I saw you take a drink, so I said something. <laughs> slow on the up they taking advantage of those uh opportunities when they come well thank you yes uh i know you had been a little bit down on yourself in your last differentials article at the beginning but <laughs> good to see you coming on strong and there she is there is ashley joining us right woman. there woman of the hour that's right always on this place just just getting started so you have not missed oh i did it anything ashley in fact I actually she missed a lot she missed me beating Blaine to the punch of the intros. That's uh, right. What? So you did. Oh, it's my and, dream. But uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, we are here, all of us, to talk about uh, the takeaways from round nine and preview round 10. Should be an interesting round with everything. There's a lot to navigate this week. So let's yeah. just start out uh, with some of our expectations versus realities from this past round. Uh, as for myself, and a quick wrap-up of our points, uh, I scored 95 points this round, uh, which I thought was definitely uh, respectable. I think the highest score was 115, and so 20 mm. points off of, of top. That's definitely uh, in, in the higher end of where you likely saw some some rises if you were in that 90 point. Here in chat, go ahead and share how you all did. would love to see uh, that with our community right here. Just had a couple of duds. I mean, Ladero didn't do well, which actually was was a not high on him last week. And then uh, Bai didn't do well for me either. And then I didn't hit with all of my bench. But uh, I I know for the past a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about switcheroos versus autoroos. And I had three autoroos set up, but I left a sizable portion of money in my bank, which actually was like, you should be spending that on your bench person. And uh, I saved it because... Uh, the move I did was I think I left like six or eight million in my bank with the team. And I waited until I saw everybody on my bench, which I had Bossy, Gazdog, and, and Bogner down there. 
And I didn't care for Wagner's four or Bossy's three. I loved God's Dog's 11. And because I thought I could do better, I had saved that Atlanta game to the end. And I had enough points where I could have brought in either Lennon or Gigi. And at the end, I decided to go with the forward. And so I only got four points uh, from Gigi there. But that was better than either of the points that my bench players would have brought in. So I used the Otteroo this week, as well, the Otteroo and the Switcheroo this week. So it's a nice little, little uh, setup right there. Won almost all of my head-to-heads, including one that we'll talk about in just a second. But as far as expectations for, for versus reality... I have two this week. First one, Charlotte versus Columbus. Uh, I expected an easy win. I don't know if that's that's the right way to say, but I think uh, I, at least, and maybe several of us, expected a win for Columbus going into this game. Charlotte had been struggling, and Columbus had been doing very well, and so we were all targeting players like Zella to do well for us uh, this round or, or others, and um, that was not what happened. The reality was it was a 1-0 victory for Charlotte, and I think this shows the difference that it's making on the fantasy points for Spiderski to be at that number 10 playmaker role. Um, I don't think this really impacts what we feel about Columbus. This was betting mostly against Charlotte on the road, trying to go with some of those key Columbus players. Road teams are always kind of risky with form, but Swiderski being a sub 10 million forward playing out of position in a midfield number 10 playmaking role is a very attractive as a potential, I think, bench play going forward because he's going to be in much better positioning to get bonus points from key passes and passes in general and, and anything that he's right there, plus, plus the goal threat that he's always going to be. And as we've talked about in years past, a bonus point producing forward tends to be the kind of forward that you're going to want to look towards as a good fantasy option because of that, that higher floor and better ceiling that you're going to get. So uh, that's the quick expectation. But otherwise, Charlotte's not going to be a main team you're going for. Columbus still going to be a main team. So that's kind of uh, still the basic fantasy there, but definitely Swiderski has a bench option for now. Yeah. I, think I was interested fine. seeing his spot. It's not even like the forward part of of the, like a winger. He's like the backside of a winger yeah. just in yeah. front of the, defender i mean he's he's making the plays and so he's i don't know if it's true number 10 but yeah he is he is back there being oh no he's not not on the 10 he's on the right side yeah so it's that's a playmaker he's playing a very like role out there yeah like the eight he's like a an eight on the right Mm, okay i guess i was just watching some replays so i was mistaking it he might be cutting in but he's placed on the right (laughs) Yeah. He's in a much better position to generate. Oh, I agree. Points than before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the takeaway in general, regardless of what the the replays looked like to me and where's actual <laughs> position. Uh, and of course, the second game, uh, Cincinnati versus Portland. I expected Cincinnati to bounce back after that St. Louis beatdown that they had, uh, but the reality was it was a more even game than I had expected. Um, Again, Acosta's points were low, not consistent, and I think this is continuing to be the risk that we've talked about fantasy-wise of where his production is. Was not generated as much this time from being all over the field. It had more to do with a continuing conundrum that's going to be in Cincinnati is even with Brenner gone, which forward do you want? Because with Santos up there with Vasquez, Santos was able to play as this more target hold-up role several times very effectively. And that was an outlet. And then he was generating some of those bonus points as well with good crosses and opening up space for Vasquez. So as with Houston in the past and with other teams with LAFC that we've talked about, Cincinnati some last year, 
Santos Vasquez, that's going to be a decision for you to make. There's some bonus point potential there with Santos, uh, but raw goal scoring opportunities could be coming more for Vasquez with form and some questions with the Costa. And of course, as continues with his nine points, the ever ongoing conversation of is Barial worth it for his points and his price? And I took him this week. Yeah. Uh, I, I, took, I, I took him this week. So that's uh, that's going to be a good conversation forward, I think, as we go. And he got the assist, so that was one thing. He's not always getting those, but but this week he did, and so it paid off for a lot of people. And I don't want to disrespect anybody from Portland who's listening because you equally have fantasy takeaways from this game. Evander is definitely getting into those threatening positions that we were hoping he was going to be in as a fantasy option early in the season. And also, Aspria is worth considering as your bench play as well i mean he was just doing crazy things a maniac yeah. don't remind me of Espria. he is a maniac uh and so definitely two options there some questions about portland i mean we've talked about mcgraw as well as as a bonus point producer but at least they're in the attack i think there are two potential attacking options that you could maybe not be at the top of your list but worth a switcheroo or at least maybe considering as as a fourth or fifth player just depending on the right matchup because they were they had some very good looks and some very aggressive opportunities for them there they're no longer the hard bet against that we've kind of seen them being this season very true good offenses you were taking against that defense pretty regularly and you take a good defense against them because they couldn't score now they're showing they can score which is always good to note in fantasy you can't bet defense against them quite as much anymore ashley what about you are you not gonna announce your head-to-head i will the next segment okay just checking uh i did okay uh 91 um which is nothing i I think to complain about but i made some kind of like day of decisions that bit me i went to know over alex rolled on i just didn't i i understood the cross potential of Minnesota and all of those things. I just really was nervous about how Seattle would bounce back from that Portland game. Um, so I went with Cheneau, which I thought was more likely, obviously wrong. Um, I did a bunch of back and forth between Zella and Espinosa right before rosters locked. Obviously that was a mistake going with Zella. Um, but I did have Santos. I put him on my bench as soon as I saw that he was starting um, and I also had Gazdag and held out for Almada. Almada was just seven, but um, the way some of our better midfielders played this week seven was was fine. Um, I also made a decision. Uh, I tried to ask Reed and Blaine for help, and only Reed responded, and they weren't very helpful because I get very needy with last-minute decisions. You can always but text me. I know. I will now. I, uh, I had this conundrum of doing exactly what Reed was talking about, which is do I hold out my striker spot for Gigi and then if he doesn't play, he's my scrub um, because I had Lennon and Almada going into the last game. And then I also had a very strong feeling about Chicharito for the week, but I thought he always lets me down. Do I actually want to do it? And I ended up doing Chicharito, who was better than Gigi, um, but not by much. And I also, exactly, I also could have kept Lennon had I scrubbed uh chicharito for gg um which would have would have been more point producing but these are the last minute decisions i i struggled with this week um i did all that i, I could with the cell reception that i had i'm just giving you shit it's not your <laughs> job to tell me what to do right um but i also will uh begrudgingly say that i i won most of my heads to head this week 
um, including one against Patrick, who always, always beats me. Um, and it was unfortunate because the Chicago goal is what gave me the win over Patrick and almost cussed Atlanta the game. So I, I had very little uh, enjoyment out of that until Atlanta scored the second, and then I felt better about it. But um, always a, a good one playing playing against Patrick. Uh, some takeaways that I had, um, expectation versus reality for Nashville and LAFC. I honestly expected LAFC to win. I haven't been super impressed with Nashville as a, as a team. There's, you know, some fantasy potential there each week, but um, – even when I saw the rotated lineups, I still thought that LFC would, would at least take a point, which they did. But the reality was Mukhtar and Bowanga both got a goal, and it was a pretty gritty game. Um, I love watching Bowanga, and I think that Mukhtar is starting to get in a little bit of a better rhythm, um, which is really good to see for fantasy. Um, LA Galaxy and Austin expectation versus reality, I thought that the Galaxy uh, would would win. Um, they were one of the last winless teams. They finally got that W. Um, the reality was that Chicharito did get a goal, got on the score sheet. That's good for him. And then Puig was finally doing everything that a lot of us thought he would different weeks this year that uh, he hasn't really been doing yet. Great week for him. Um, I think I saw, and I apologize if I'm saying something, I think I saw it was Panda who captained him last minute. Yes. Uh, yeah, just yeah. an absolute beauty of a move just to, to do he said it to... was the smartest stupid move he's ever done yes so just loved loved seeing him finally produce he's a player i really liked last season um, catapulting then, him up to ninth place overall by the way get it isaac and then uh i'll let tyler add on to this if he if he has more to say but for seattle minnesota i expected seattle to win um, but that's the reality was that they just barely won. And most important for fantasy is that they kept that home shutout streak going. Still no goals scored on that Seattle team at Lumen Field, which is something I think we can carry into a couple um, more games as the next home game is against Sporting. Um, so just a, a good stat to look at. Rusnak getting on the score sheet, not something you see a lot um, from fantasy. Joel Paolo, though, picked up a ton of extra points um and was a pr- made i think team of the week this week um yep which is something to to pay attention to and then of course Alex rolled on 14 points um another great outing for him for yeah. fantasy point production so yeah a couple of things i want to say about that game specifically since i was there i got to watch it um what i noticed most <laughs> importantly fantasy wise that's going to make a huge impact Alex Rodan was playing higher than Rusnak most of the time. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that was playing all the way up front with the forwards. He was the guy cutting in. Rusnak was more playing like a right back with Alex above him. Mm-hmm. I noticed if you that during most remember, of the game. Alex Rodan was signed to the Sounders as a right wing. Yes, he was. And the Schwetzer converted him to be a right back. Yeah. And that is how he's been able to start and play and have success. So... But the other thing was, I saw Joao Paulo as a third center back a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And then something just to throw out there, if a bear is starting and Shu is starting, don't go either of them. They do not (laughs) fight to, they're not on the same page at all. They look Mm. really bad together. So I would say if you see both of them starting together, don't go either of them. And just to note, Rui Diaz is out of few weeks yeah so that, it, that'll be coming up <laughs> yes it, it might might be a bear it might be jordan morris but yeah a and and Chu do not have the chemistry that 
Jordan to have. Yep. All right, Tyler, what else do you have for us? All right, I will start by saying I got 93 points this week. Got point corrected down from 95. I would have been tied with Reed. But Rubio <laughs> lost two points overnight. Ugh. And he went from third, And I got knocked down to 93, which also knocked me down from overall rank 46 to 48 and FCL 11 to 13. But I think that's still respectable. I like being in the top. And I'm actually consistently top 50, which is rare for me. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Feels good. A little bit of a takeaways, of course, uh, Reed had to give me the DC game. So you did, right? I did. Because of Pines? Yep. <laughs> so I'll start with the DC side. Going into this game, I did expect a DC win because I have not liked the way Orlando have been playing, and I've seen DC starting to produce goals. The I did not expect the number of goals that were scored. I thought it would be like a 1-0 game, maybe, a 2-1 game, maybe. But 3? That's a surprise to me from DC. And I think the cog that's moving it around is Funtas is finally healthy, and he's moving around the field. Whether he's opening lanes for Benteke or giving a pass to Click or just finding his, his own goal, he's doing a lot for the team. And it's helping DC score goals. Uh, on the Orlando side of things, I still don't know what to expect of the midfield. Whether it's Ojeda or Pereira or Facundo Torres. It reminds me of Houston back in the day when it was uh, Elise, Kyoto, and Manitas. But it's a worse version of them. A much worse version. <laughs> where you... You can try to pick the best of the three, but you're only going to get like five or six points. Like you're not going to get a super high score. And then the other thing I want to say for any Orlando people listening, is Duncan McGuire the best draft pick you guys have had since DK? <laughs> I was going to say, you DK, but yeah. No, no, no. Since DK, I think McGuire <laughs> is the best pick that they've had. Like he's been really good for them so far in limited minutes. The other game that I'm going to go over is RSL versus San Jose. I was expecting San Jose to win this game. So I was a little surprised at the results. Although I understand with it being at altitude, that could be the reason why. that th There's always funky things at altitude. Although if you read my article, you would think, oh, there's no way he thought that San Jose was going to win this game. <laughs> One thing to note. Fan, very important fantasy wise Carlos Andreas Gomez has now scored back to back 12 point games at home for RSL is that sustain sustainable definitely not <laughs> <laughs> but is that still impressive and something to keep an eye on for sure it was Charlotte and San Jose but San Jose has actually been pretty good defensively this year so I think even if you scrap the Charlotte game, that San Jose 12 is really impressive. The other thing to note is Savarino looks back like his 2022 self, where he's getting a lot of goal contributions all the time. So that he's on three straight games with a goal, and I think two of those have an assist also. On the San Jose side of things, is Christian Espinoza matchup proof? 
I would say he is. Uh, because he's scored 9, 7, 10, 5, 9, 14, 10, 8, 8. And the away games were 9, 5, 10, 8. Like, I don't know what more you need to be matchup proof. He's I also think... got goals in the last four straight. Yeah, he's he's... He's got my vote right now for MVP. <laughs> I know Almada's out there, so that's a very, like, very controversial thing to say. But I would say Espinoza has my vote right now, just based fantasy-wise. He has my fantasy MVP vote right now. But I think the next three to four games with the LA LAFC, LA Galaxy, and then LAFC again is going to be the telltale sign for if he is really matchup proof. Blaine. Yeah, <clears throat> I had an 84 this week, so not great. Um, wish it would have been a little better. I was busy again this weekend. My triple Red Bull defense against Montreal failed. Uh, expectations versus reality. That game was huge on my radar. I put a lot more stock into the Red Bull defense. Thankfully, they were not very expensive and didn't really cost me much. And my pivots from there were great. So didn't hurt me too bad. But yeah, I didn't did not expect Montreal to come in scoring like that. And I mean, it happened to be an own goal that blew up the clean sheet to start with, which always is frustrating when you go heavy on a team. But yeah, Red Bull just doesn't look like that strong defensive team. They look like they were built to be. And then Montreal finally got something going. If that offense is going to get going a little bit, you can't bet against them quite as heavily, although I still don't think they're that great of an offense right now. But my 84, I was able to pivot and grab a second uh, second Seattle defender. Klinsman, because of the money issues, I downgraded Fry to Klinsman, which didn't hurt me at all, was able to pick up some points here and there. I think my biggest mistake on the week from where I was starting at was – I dropped Almada for Zellerion, saved a few points, didn't want to risk the injuries, didn't know what was going to happen, didn't really want to pivot to anybody on that last game if Almada didn't start. So I dropped him and lost a few points there. And then I stuck with Bossy. I thought Houston was going to be good. Um, I should have gone with it when I saw him starting with Sergio Santos up top was uh, the much better play. But I just didn't think of it. I was busy at the time and stuck with a three-point bench player. Otherwise, I would have had been able to replace a two in my lineup with a 15. I mean, that would have been huge for me. That would have done everything I needed to for the week. So overall, my score, not great. Um, Over-reliance against Montreal kind of bit me, but I'll probably stick with it until I see them really prove they can do it. I think that's more telling about how bad Red Bull are are right now than it is on Montreal really figuring anything out. Um, Other game that really kind of shocked me, um, expectations were low-ish going into it, Philly and Toronto. Two teams that have struggled this year. Uh, Toronto's not been a good defensive team, and I was shocked to see Philly get four goals on them. I expected a goal or two, but not, not that, not Uri getting a hat trick. So Toronto's still a bad defense, but Philly finally found a way to score, which kind of broke my expectation for them. Um, And then Toronto's offense against 
a good Philly defense that's been underperforming. Osorio looks fantastic right now. I think what the stats are coming in, he had over 100 completed passes. For the yes. I sent you guys something crazy, right? What was that? It was like... I think yours said 105 and Tyler told me 112 before the show. I just know it's over 100 completed yeah. passes and an assist. And he ended up with what, a 13 or a 14 two for assists. the round. Yeah, two assists. He's the first two player assists, to complete yeah. at least 100 passes and assist multiple goals in an MLS match since they yeah. started tracking that data. Yeah. Unreal numbers for him. Insigne started and got a goal in the game. That's huge news getting him back. Toronto's offense just is looking better and better all the time. But probably the weirdest takeaway I have is covering my own teams, Sporting versus New England. That first half was all New England. That's all what we expected going into it. Sporting's not playing well. They got bossed around by New England. And it was a 2-0 game at halftime for the home side. It was and then Sporting comes in second half, puts in a goal pretty quick, and then follows it up with almost an immediate red card. And 10-man Sporting looked better than New England for almost the entire second half. Take take that what you will. Like, Sporting has not been playing well. They look better as a team when they're down a man, and it's been that way. This is their third red card of the season. They always look like a better team when they're down a man. I don't know why it is, but – that worries me about New England a little bit. If they're getting bossed around by a 10-man squad, were they just complacent? Or I, I don't know what's going on there, but that's not a good look at home when you've got an MVP caliber player running that team. Doesn't look great, but Brioni hit big. That's the, probably the biggest fantasy takeaway we had. I mean, he got two goals there. They're down Wood, they're down Bow, and Brioni has had a claim to that spot, lost it, but it looks like he's trying to claim that spot back for his own. So he may be the starter going forward. And Reed, I'll just skip my last point for the sake of time. That's all that we have for our expectations versus reality. Covered a lot of good stuff. A quick shout out. The top 10 of the game right now, MLS Fancy Boss Discord members. <laughs> all of them right there. So this community is amazing. So many people doing so well and it's awesome to see that happen congratulations to all of you and i know there's more than the top 10 so congratulations to everyone uh, no matter where you are uh, who is playing and having fun and doing so well but there is still information to talk about as far as our leagues and the housekeeping for round 10 and that is coming up after our break hey everyone it's reed are you enjoying the content provided by the mls fantasy insider team then why not consider becoming a supporting patron now, I don't want to get too public radio on you, but everything we do does have a cost. And while Blaine, Ashley, I, and all of our content contributors consider this a labor of love, people like SoundCloud, Adobe, and our swag vendors keep insisting on getting paid. That's where you come in. As a member of our Patreon community, you will help support the efforts we all make to help ensure this is a fantastic fantasy community. And in return... I do my best to add a little extra thank you for that support in the form of swag. So if you're interested in helping our fantasy community grow, head on over to patreon.com slash MLSFI right now to start your support this month. Thanks. All right, and welcome back. We're here talking housekeeping for round 10. But first, let's do the update for our uh, community leagues, which we did not do last week. Uh, the Champions League Half Century City is leading with a score, a record of 8-1-0. Uh, we have a lot of different names this week, so I'm so excited to see 
that uh, I mean, a lot of people are are hitting the top of these these various pro rail leagues that we're in. So it's awesome to see over in our veterans league. Sombrero FC is on top based on points in our homegrown league. Uh, Manitshevich United is uh, the lone eight zero and one on top right there. Over our Discovery League, we do have two teams who are tied with a record of eight zero and one, but it's Hey Ricky, you're so fine by points in that Easily one right one there. One of my favorite names this mm-hmm. season. That was amazing. I butchered it the first time, so I was glad that All you right. stayed on top, so I could actually mm-hmm. do it justice this time. Uh, going on to our MLS Fantasy Boss Community Leagues, uh, the Discord head to head, we have Spirit Flyers, who is the the lone nine zero and zero undefeated. I think the only undefeated player on this list right now. I don't know actually if the veterans are are undefeated right there, but uh, there's more than one. Okay, there's still some it's, people battling it out there, yes. but uh, but the very point few, gap is significant. The, the these I love these head to heads. Uh, moving on to our Patreon head to head league, we have five teams who are tied with a record of seven zero and one, but it's sloppy stakes by points right there. And then over to the MLS Fantasy Insider Experts Invitational, I believe we have a new leader this week, Black and Red, with a score of eight zero and one. And another important update for the MLS Fantasy Insider Experts Invitational, we forgot to mention it last week because we didn't cover the leagues, but it was a derby week here at MLS FI, and it Mm. was myself versus Blaine head-to-head. I think we were tied going into the last game, and then some of the switcheroos and that defensive. I was following this. Oh, I think more than you guys were, because you were tied going into the last game, and only Reed had shared his team. And uh, and Blaine wasn't on the show last week, and I was just perplexed as to how this was going to work out. I think I told you guys before the Seattle game that you were playing each other. You did. I was like, oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, but no, I had a I had that's my honorees and my switcheroos came through, and I won the fantasy insider derby between Blaine and myself. And I will call it a derby because that is the correct way to say that word. Oh. I'm from Kentucky. That's how we. I was gonna say your southern roots are really showing. The Kentucky thing, the whole derby thing there. Yeah. If Uh, only I had gone Sergio Santos and won that game with those 15 points with your own guy. If wishes were fishes. If wishes were fishes. I had him and I switched him out. (sighs) I switched him out for Chicharito. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. Rough. Rough times. But let's move on to actually talking about round 10 now. Again, congratulations to everyone who's doing so well in all of our leagues. Uh, round 10 is not is breaking the pattern that we had from the past few weeks. Uh, the games start on Saturday, April 29th at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time with Nashville versus Atlanta. So we got away from everyone starting at 7.30 for this week. We do still have a bunch of 7.30 and 8.30 and some 9 and 10.30 games as well, but we do have the first game of Nashville versus Atlanta kicking off at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. And we again have one game on Sunday, April 30th at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, which is Minnesota versus Dallas. So a lot of opportunities for setting up switcheroos and otteroos this week, especially when you consider that nobody is on a double game week and we have three teams. Did not mistake that like I did at the beginning. This is not Sporting Kansas City joke. Three teams are on a bye this week. We have LAFC, (laughs) Philadelphia, and Houston. So you have plenty of options to get yourself some 4.0 scrubs this week from any of these teams. So it will not be hard to activate your switcheroos and your otteroos this round. However, there is still going to be things 
are still going to be things to keep up with this week because we have Open Cup and we have Champions League games being played on Tuesday and Wednesday. And it's it's pretty much everybody. Uh, I, I wrote down all the teams and I did not check to see if it was everybody. But on Tuesday, we have Charlotte, New England, St. Louis and Sporty Kansas City all playing at home for Open Cup. And then we have Minnesota and San Jose on the road with Open Cup. Keep an eye on those rosters because there could be rotations. There could be not. Check and see how that impacts the this fantasy week. On Wednesday, we have Cincinnati, Atlanta, Columbus, D.C., Chicago, Nashville, Colorado, Seattle, and Portland all playing at home on Wednesday in Open Cup. And then we have Miami, Houston, and Real Salt Lake playing on the road for Open Cup. Again, check the rosters. If I went too fast, just head over to the schedule section at MLSsoccer.com. You can easily see all the teams listed right there. As for Champions League, that is on Wednesday, and it is MLS versus MLS. Yes, we have Philadelphia versus LAFC for this first round of this next part of the Champions League. Keep an eye on that on that uh, roster right there. Definitely will have impacts for next week. Both of these teams are not playing this week, but just see how hard they go and see what happens. Philly versus LAFC on Wednesday in Champions League. So those are the teams who are playing, but as always, red cards, injuries, all sorts of nonsense that happens. Uh, the mega reference is here to keep you up to date. And Blaine, you or Tyler, who would like to guide us through this week? Okay, I will start with the good news. Uh, the new center mid signing for Miami, Arroyo, I think is how you say his name, got his first minutes, which is always good. I believe he's the Gregory replacement for this season. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and skip over Van Zier because we don't need to talk about him. So I will start with news that came in today. Mohana Jahiz for DC was arrested in Sweden today and he uh, for assault of some sort and he's suspended by both mls slash dc indefinitely for now so he probably is going to be out for a long time and then i'll go into actual cards that we've seen oh look ricky pooch for la galaxy is on yellow card accumulation he will be out this week kyle duncan for the red bulls is out on yellow card accumulation Jared Stroud for St. Louis is out on yellow cards. He has been producing for quite a bit, so that's an important one. He's my guy. Kind of a cool name to say. Ilias Iliadis for Montreal got a red card, so he will be out. I think he's their holding midfielder for Montreal. And then, as Blaine knows, Andre Fontes got a red card for Dogso, and he is out. Injury-wise, a little update on Christian Roldan. He was in concussion protocol, did not pass tests, so that's why he was out for this weekend, this past weekend. He cleared quite a few tests today and was, was I believe, cleared to do light training. He's is what I, what I heard. Yeah, yeah, light training. So he's expected back this weekend. Uh, Raul Ruiz he picked up a hamstring strain after taking a shot in practice and is now out for four to five weeks. Oof. I bet it didn't even go in. <laughs> it probably didn't. Because <laughs> they said shot, not goal, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll I'll show you how to say this. Yargus Yakamakis is out. I was so close to that. Play it back, Reed. <laughs> GG. 
GG. <laughs> Yorgus Yakamakis. He got subbed again for injury, and when the trainer came on, you could clearly read his lips saying same thing to the trainer. So I think if it were me and I was Gonzo Pineda, hold him out for a week because he clearly has something bugging him and needs a little bit of a rest. Yeah. Another big name to keep an eye on, Klaus mm-hmm. has a I leg injury. He's out for 10 to 14 days, so about two weeks. Brian Acosta for Colorado has either a leg or hamstring. I wasn't sure which one that was. And then two big injuries for RSL were Anderson Julio and Brian Vera. Vera has been their right de- right defender, I believe. Will Sands, I just got an update from Discord. Will Sands for Columbus. He's been playing kind of the out of position right wing, I believe. Or no, left wing out of position. He got hit really hard and has a nasty knee injury where he was in tears. And they believe people believe he's going to be out pretty much the season, like ACL, MCL. Mm. That's all I have. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tyler, for those updates. And you can keep up to date with all of the injuries and cards and other nonsense that goes on in our beloved league over at the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord, where you can see the full different, not differentials, sorry. You can see the full, you could see see the full differentials, but we can see all of the mega reference over that community. The easiest way to find it is MLSFantasyBoss.com slash Discord. But now we're going to take a quick break as we get ready. Actually, one more thing was Bernadeschi was subbed at halftime. We're not sure if that was a planned sub or if that was an injury sub. Bernadeschi is quite a big name to keep an eye on, too. That is good call. Everything else good? Yeah, that's all. All right. Now we're going to take a quick break as we get ready to talk about our player picks for round 10. And we're back to talk about our player targets for round 10, at least on a Monday after games, about 24 hours after games are over. Uh, So let's start, as always, with keepers and defenders. Uh, We do have some consensus picks right here. We have a consensus keeper-roo in the house. Has that ever happened? I don't think that's ever. I don't think that's ever (laughs) happened in the history of MLS. (laughs) I don't. So, I mean, if you guys have others to just throw out there just for consideration's sake, feel free. But everyone was going with uh, Schulte. To, did I say it wrong again? No, Schulte. Okay, I think I said it. I said it wrong a couple weeks ago, but you, yeah, you said the uh, you flipped the L and the U. I did, I did. So Schulte to uh, Takaoka. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. Columbus, and I'm, I'm not going to misspell that one. Vancouver and Vancouver as the keeper roof right there. So uh, again, if you guys have anything else to throw in, please do. But uh, yeah, uh, um, I'll no, I'll throw on one. Just second, when it's your turn, and then we have two consensus ish. Uh, defenders, everyone likes Gressel, and then everyone is also looking at Columbus for a player. So whatever your Columbus player du jour is right there. Ashley, what else do you want to add? I also want to say that I did see today that Room was training in full. You look for, for Columbus. I don't think everything I've seen that shouldn't make a difference for this weekend, but just for planning purposes, um, if you care if it's room or not, it, I guess there's a chance that it could be. Um, I, but I, I will straight up say I will not go Columbus if room is in that. I yeah. So I just want to throw that out there for just to ruin the one great keeper we've ever had. The fact that uh, I suppose there's a possibility it might not be Schulte, but if it is, that's what we're doing. Um, 
I like Russell this week. I know it's the last game. I hate this whole one game on Sunday nonsense. Um, this I think I'm the only one who who did this, but I actually like Brooks Lennon this week, even on the road. Um, I like the crossing. I like the bonus points. I'm not expecting the shutout. Um, I probably will get talked out of him at some point once I dig a little deeper into defensive odds, but I do like him um, down in 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 uh, Nashville. And then, yeah, I like a Columbus defender, and I'm also considering a Sporting Kansas City defender. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing about Sporting Kansas City and Montreal. Often, when two shit shows combine, <laughs> an absolute shit storm erupts. And it's not always 0-0. Zero, zero. We so, learned that last week. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do feel like a 0-0 zero, zero is what this possibly could be. If a goal if goals come, I, I'm leaning more towards... SKC, which is where I'll get to offensively, but I have a little bit of non-data reservations when it comes to this game. Um, but I do, but I do think it makes sense. And for reference, and I'm sure I can get talked out of this, but Farsi has been who I've picked up from Columbus most often. He's not the highest point producer, um, but every time I've nabbed him, it's worked well for me. So that's probably where where I will land. And then. Um, I, with the structure, I don't hate Minnesota's clean sheet odds this week. Um, And because they're the last game, something that I did last week, and as I said, caused me lots of headache trying to decide what to do, um, is I just picked up a defender from that last game, and if my bench hit, I would scrub them. That's what I plan to do this week, too, because in case no one has listened to this pod before, I'm rich. Repeatedly, I think I have like 138.5 million now. Um, I'm not even trying. It's just happening. It's just like I'm some, you know, billionaire entrepreneur who just had a dream and made an app. Um, so I do think that I might keep one of their defenders and just see see how it goes. Oh right, Columbus traded for traded for Amundsen today, so that Mm -hmm. could be a a guy to look for too. Mm -hmm. Oh, Blaine. Blaine. Yeah, I. I don't mind that sporting Kansas city shout out. Um, if you're going to go with the defender, I like Rosero in that spot. I think he's the lock in there unless you really want Zussi and he starts, but he didn't play this week. I'm hearing it was load management more than it was an injury, but given his age and his injury history, it could very easily be some minor injury that's keeping him out too. So just watch that one. But if you're going to get away from Schulte and the Columbus goalkeeper situation, especially if room starts, I think it's a little tight to squeeze it in because it's that, what, 8.30, 10.30 kickoff time. But look at Melia against Montreal. I think if it turns into a really bad game all the way around, you can you still got your backup goalkeeper. Or Melia's known for getting those saves, and Montreal will shoot on this one of the things i've seen with montreal they're not a good offensive team but they do put up a lot of shots which means potential bonus points for your goalkeeper they're not good quality shots but they are there are shots coming in so i think if i was to get away from the consensus keeper route it's probably looking at sporting's options there because they are a little bit cheaper still you're not spending a ton of money you've got a defense that's shaky that gives up shots and lets them get through to the goalkeeper it's just a chance to score some extra points right there and probably the best bang for your buck on the front end. Uh, 
looking at looking at those same basic players, although I've got a lot of just variation here because I don't like this week. This week is rough. Um, I think there's way too many attacking options that have okay matchups, but nobody that's just a slam dunk and a lot of potential. And when this happens, I start looking to spend more money on my defense, which are a few more sure things. So like Gressel and Columbus make it real easy to go with. Uh, Shaq Moore for Nashville comes to mind. Um, I don't know what Atlanta's going to do, but he likes to get forward. Uh, Rodriguez is crushing it with San Jose and picking up nothing but tons of bonus points all across the board. Um, a name where a name and a team we're not talking about enough this week after the performance last week. I think um, Chicago's got to come on the radar at this point. Uh, Red Bull just absolutely tanked versus Montreal. Could not put a goal in against one of the worst defenses in the league. Doesn't look good right now. Chicago's defense has been somewhat reliable, not great. But that means Shehos is a great pick right here. Um, offensive monster on set pieces. Red Bulls have been giving up a few goals. I think this is a chance where you could take a flyer on a on a subpar defense that's got a really favorable home matchup and look at Chicago. Um, Shehos is currently in my lineup and just replaced. Uh, I had Donovan Pines in there. I don't know what to expect from Charlotte on the road. Pines has been picking up bonus points like crazy, loves to get involved in the attack. Just one of those. I think you've got some bench potential with a lot of differentials here, and you somebody's going to hit big on one of these differentials on defense, and I just don't know which one it is, but I don't like my forward options this week, so I'm looking at loading up on my defense and rolling the dice there, and I think I've found a few guys that I can rely on for this week. Tyler? Yeah, I agree with the Gressel and I agree with the Marrera is usually my go-to Columbus guy. Actually, before that, it was Will Sands, but after hearing that sad injury news, Marrera is my backup. <laughs> Another goalie to consider, actually two goalies to consider, one is Willis. I know Ashley says she doesn't like Nashville, but I actually really like Nashville's home defense. And I think if Gigi is not in the lineup that you could potentially get away with playing Willis. He is very expensive, but you could get away with it. And the other cheaper option would be kind of like what Blaine had touched on. I think DC has a good chance at a shutout this week. So if you want a cheap little keeper, you could go with Tyler Miller. And I am on the same side where I have Pines right now. I think Pines is just, he's a goal threat. He's a, he's getting bonus points. He has a decent clean sheet shout. And he's my boy. You know? <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh, I think uh, you guys covered, oh, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, Rodriguez is like the go-to bonus point producer and my random shot in the dark that I'm going to throw a dart at this week is Tim Parker Rodriguez San Jose sorry I'm yeah good. yeah, yeah. San Jose. I think those are those are good uh, calls that you guys made some excellent choices Miller that that's a really good one uh I mean, you might be able to add Minnesota on there they've been a little bit yeah. better uh, on defense uh 
Dallas, not always consistent scoring, but Minnesota has not been very consistent with keeping clean sheets. So maybe only one for St. Clair. But uh, if you are struggling for some of those arus, Minnesota is an easy one to make that happen. Not not a horrible shot. Uh, you could make a sporty Kansas City, Vancouver keep a rework if you wanted to do something like that. I don't know if you if you could, but any of those 830 and 1030 games would be very tight if you didn't like mm-hmm. some of the early, early rounds. Uh, also, shout out. Don't think we had a couple of these other names mentioned. Uh, Roldan uh, was a name that I saw pretty often in chat. Had some good offensive Alex potential. Roldan traveling to RSL, one of Seattle's worst away fixtures in the history <laughs> of the franchise. I know <laughs> I, saw, I got some flack on social media this week for being anti my own team, so I guess I should tone it down. Hey. No, but no, I'm gonna I'm gonna back you on this one because I talked up Seattle's defense against a struggling Portland team, and they just put four past them. Yeah, but I'm going to rub salt in the wound I, on that one. But if Ashley says that's a bad fixture, I'm going to go with that's probably a bad fixture. <laughs> RSL away is a historically difficult oh, oh, one hold for up, Seattle. I'm pulling up the stats. And but this is why that we historically rotate for, like, a, like, often. And so I Alex is producing quite well. Um, but I think there are better home defenders this week than Alex rolled on. And it's this is why I mentioned this player so we yeah, can yeah, have yeah. these conversations. Yeah, uh, and then also, did we mention Ahmed as well with, I think, Vancouver? Vancouver? No, because we said Gressel. No, but because I are... gave him to you. Yeah, if you're uh, looking... Well, I just put him on there in case you didn't mention him because I saw you had Parker as well. And so I was like, well, yeah. here just If case. you're looking for money, him, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, here are the stats. <laughs> At Rio Tinto Stadium, Ashley is correct. There have been 14 games played at Rio Tinto Stadium. 10 RSL wins, two Seattle wins, and two draws. So there's goals, guys, is all I'm yeah. saying. It's tough. It's tough. Happy to be wrong. If you're t- if you're oh, taking World on, it's for the offensive potential against Correct. a somewhat weaker RSL side. It's not for the clean sheet. Mm-hmm. That's what we'll Absolutely. see. Uh, I, I do have to have one quick pause because for those of you who are not listening, Ashley's son and husband had a quick cameo on our stream. Oh, Ashley, I did not realize that you were married to Tom Bogart. Did you not know that? No, I didn't. I did not realize yeah, you were married. That's touching a quick update. Yeah, it's fast. <laughs> it was. I hadn't seen the mustache, and I was like, "Is that Tom Bogart?" Uh, hmm, there we go. Halloween costume right there <laughs> in the Savage House. Let's move on to talking about midfielders uh, again. We do have some consensus, but which is Zella and Lowen. But before that, we also have a discussion topic. Very quickly, your thoughts. Tyler teased this: Are Espinoza and Almada? fixture proof and the caveat has been thrown in here when healthy and starting which i think is a pretty big caveat to throw in there but that's the question are these players fixture proof i'm going to go ahead and say they're consistent that is one thing you can clearly say is they are consistent because just adding in that caveat of well when they're healthy and when they're starting it's like i mean i'm for everyone but if you look at some of and they're the two highest scoring players in the game right now with 80 points but if you look at some of the other points could we not be saying the same thing about Herrera who has very also consistent points a few lower games but also some very consistent points from Herrera and could we not say the same thing about Gazdog if you want to throw on another qualifier of when not in CCL or when available because he has also had some very attractive points when he's not been rested or coming back from some CCL games. So when he is there 100%, he's a Gosnog not there. So I don't know if I want to slap on a fixture proof uh, slogan to these guys, but for me, 
I just want to, I would acknowledge they have been consistent, but I know, I don't know if I would say they are fixture proof because I think there have been times when we've considered fading each of these guys. So who else would sure. chime in? I think I that they should be considered weekly. I think if you're looking at the games and you're making a team, consider how you can spend that 12 and a half million twice for both for both of them at at some point. I don't think they're fixture proof, but I think that you you know, it's tricky because one's west, one's east, and so I feel like there's some places to go that I don't know if I would pick them. Um, but I think it's something to consider. I do think for Espinoza, and I know I, I'm trying to like counter what Tyler said, if you watch the games or if you see how he's getting some of the goals, a lot of them are bangers. Like they're a goal that shouldn't be a goal. And on that same side, Almada has had some crazy free kick goals that are also just kind of like, obviously it's happening enough that it keeps happening, but they're not incredibly reliable. But I don't, I think that for me, that's kind of the the devil and the angel of it. When I think about it, it's like, okay, a lot of these goals have been crazy. Can they keep doing it? But then their points are so consistent. I have to at least consider it, if that makes sense. That's where I come in with it. Can I, can I compare, compare someone to yeah. Christian? Yeah. What, what, what were you saying when Taddy Castellanos was scoring bangers left and right? I had to, I had Tati on games he, weeks he wasn't yeah. playing. Like I would never so, not pick him up. But that so was more because Espinoza, he's ridiculous. not because he's good. Espinoza's scoring bangers. Yeah. I I think Espinoza's matchup proof. But I'm on the side that Almada is not matchup proof. I, I I could lean towards that myself. Yeah. I think based on looking at the teams that Almada has played so far. San Jose, they have a decent defense, but oh, first week, you don't know what to expect first week. Toronto, Charlotte, Portland, and then he got shut down at home by the Red Bulls, and then <laughs> NYC and Chicago. Like, those are all bad defensive teams. Besides, you could argue New York is a decent, de the Red Bulls are a decent defensive team, and they're good at shutting down tens. Christian Espinoza scored on New York. So I think SB is matchup proof. Almada is not. And Blake. Yeah, I think they're both really close. They're the closest we've got in this current season to someone being fixture proof. But then I'm here watching him. I'm like, I could fade Almada pretty easy this week. I don't like the defense he's going against. I think where I was coming from when I originally posed this question is, I don't think road matchups really affect these two guys much. I think it's opponents more than road. So they're borderline fixture proof. I love that take <clears throat> on Espinoza. Just it's the way he's playing right now. It's the way they play through him on the wing. He avoids the center back. He tracks back defensively a lot. I don't remember what week it was. At least two weeks ago, uh, Reed had looked at how many defensive bonus points he got for one match. And I, I when you watch him play, he really does go yeah. kind of box to box, which I think is contributing he, to some of those extra points. Yeah, and it's doing those little things like that, that if you're not going to get on the score sheet, but you're still picking up two to three defensive bonus points, plus the offense is running through you for a key pass or whatever. That's what puts a guy into that fixture-proof category. And I can see he's really close. It's just really hard for me to ever accept that a winger is fixture-proof. 
Like that just doesn't happen very often. And I think he's probably the closest we've ever seen from a winger to get there. But yeah, these guys are a winger where all the everything's funneling through him, though. Yeah, Yeah. he's like a 10. He's he's tricking you, Blaine. He's not really a winger. It's a false winger. (laughs) Yeah. False wingers. That's not even a term. But he is. (laughs) All right. Well, let's that was a good little quick discussion. Let's keep going on with who we are targeting, which, as we noticed, SB Almada not on our consensus picks. So, Blaine, who are you looking at? Yeah, this was a week of just grab everybody expensive for me. I started off grab Zella, Heel, Mukhtar, and then I was looking, I was like, is Almada worth it on the road? And I think that one's going to be, if Zimmerman doesn't start, which he came off early, I think it was listed as an injury, but I don't know if that was precautionary or whatever. If he doesn't start, I'm more likely to go with Almada in that early game and see what happens. Nashville's a good defense, and I don't know that I that I think a six or a seven from Almada against a good defense is enough this week. I'm not saying he's going to have a bad game, just I don't know that it's enough. Espinosa's on my list there as well. I'm worried about Mukhtar a little bit in this, even though he's one of those premier players and should score at home. Lowen's another guy that's going to be on the list. I think that's more because he's playing Portland, and Portland has given up a lot of goals this season. And if Klaus is out, which it looks like he will be, how much does that do for Lowen on the bonus points, on taking set pieces? Is he on PKs? Like, I don't I don't watch St. Louis unless I have to. But I know what I've seen from Lowen so far. And I think if he's the focal point again, I think that does good things for his fantasy potential. And then the other name I'm really going to throw in there, because I know everybody else has got everything else, is... I'm actually looking at Insigne again this week. Um, you just, he's, is he your news artist? No, no. <laughs> I, just, wow. I think he is. He's you a picked product... him up in draft the week after he got hurt. <laughs> True. Yeah, but I got, I robbed that guy blind on that train. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't know draft, so I'm not, but. I'll fill you in later on that one. But, I think no. he's your new Zardes. I had him like so I do play I do play draft and I do look at it and I had him as one of my top five picks for the year. I had him potentially going number one overall for me if I got that number one spot. Like that's where I was at on my evaluation of him for this year. Given the way this team is playing, given the way Osorio is playing right now, he came back and I was like, okay, what do we do with him if he starts? I immediately threw him in my draft team because I've got him. But he came back, he played, he didn't get subbed out at 60 minutes, he went longer than that, and he scored a goal. That's a guy who wants to compete, that's a guy who's not going to let an injury keep him down. He was out, I think, six weeks when they said three to five originally, or four to five. He stayed out a little bit longer, but I'm assuming if he's going and playing 80 minutes, he is healthy. I think this is one of those games, I like him, and he's only $9 million. We're looking at 10, 11, 12 million midfielders, we're looking at one of what I consider top three midfielder as a player, not as a fantasy guy, but as a player in this league, two million less than his contemporaries in this in this game. I will take a chance on that at this point and fly with it because nine million, I'm saving money from Almada. I'm saving three million off Almada. I'm saving money on Espinosa right there. 
Like we talk about those guys. And Why are we still trying to save money though? Like I think we're almost past because that. because he's broke, Ashley. You and <laughs> no, I are rich. But he's I know broke. that's not what I'm saying. That's not I'm what gonna... I'm saying. I think we're we're far enough into the season now, and I think I'm a prime example of it. How many times have I said to you guys, "I'm trying to price rise"? I don't think I've said it once. When you get the point producers, you get the money. And so at this point in the season, I think you got to chase the points and not save not... the money. But I am chasing the points, but I'm okay. also looking at more expensive defenders, which I've already talked about. Sure. I'm playing a little different strategy here because I think I think there's about eight mid eight to nine midfielders that I would really want this week. Sure. I haven't even talked about like I would love to get an Orlando midfielder in here. Love. But I don't know which one to pick. Sure. Like if I could know who was gonna hit going against at home against LA, like sure, give me that game. But is it going to be Torres this week? Is it going to be Ojeda this week? Like, I cannot pick which one's going to have the better week, so I'm just going to fade them both because there's too many points this week to risk getting the three from Orlando while the other guy gets an 11. I just I can't bring myself to do it. I think there's a ton of potential on this week. And when you start grabbing multiple 10 million midfielders, you start looking at pricier forwards, you start looking at a bigger defense and making sure you get those bonus points because I don't have Barrial, but I mean, we've had Barrial and Gressel at times this year. We start looking to save money. I've got Rodriguez in my short list. That's expensive. Like I could see going a little bit cheaper in your midfield because you've got a top player playing against a middle of the pack defense. Who's hungry with who, with the hottest playmaker behind him in Osorio right now in MLS. Well, let's not Ooh, let's not, not to take. go back too much. Let's, let's just keep talking about that. So picks. hard to walk away. Sometimes. Whoa, whoa! But we're gonna have to, Tyler. Uh, the only thing I'm gonna add on to Blaine's Insigne idea before I go into my picks is if you look at the dream team from week to week to week, the chances of a player being ten mil or more on the dream team is actually pretty low. Most of the dream team will be affordable options even for the new players who come in at one at 100 mil so i do want to point that out so there are good options at like eight mil seven mil for anybody that doesn't have a crazy budget yeah okay Absolutely. going into my picks i have mr matchup proof himself christian espinoza and then i think zayla rian is like the chalkiest chalk pick this week I don't see why you wouldn't have Zayla this week. Mukhtar, I'm starting to figure out that Mukhtar is like last year. If he's at home, you take him. Doesn't matter what his matchup is. He's a home, home, homeboy. Homebody. Homeboy. Um, couple ideas that I'm flipping between for my last three are, I think Leuven is one that I'm leaning towards keeping are you nervous about his last three game point production though at all that's what freaked me out earlier today he had a big game against cincy but i see what you mean yes yeah. his last three four, four but if you look at his, i guess if you look at his home games it's also bad but yeah. he's on sets and yeah. from what i understand he's also on pks so yeah. he's like he on the borderline for me is mm -hmm. lupin one that I'm leaning towards actually keeping no matter what is Click. I feel like DC has a very good chance against 
Charlotte this week because Charlotte's just really bad, especially on the road at defending. So I think Click being on set pieces, having Funtas with him, all of that, I think he's the go-to guy in the midfield. And another one I'm kind of deciding on, based on his position and who's up top, is Ledesma. I think he's a better pick over Santi Rodriguez because Ledesma is the one playing at the 10, whereas Santi Rodriguez is playing at the nine right now he's like a false nine but Ledesma in just two games starting at the 10 he's produced a lot of points so moral of the story yes there's a very high chance that I am fading both heel and Almada this week mostly because they're matchups I think Blaine you can correct me on this I think or not Blaine uh Reed Blaine you don't get to correct me um (laughs) I think heel He's going to have a tough time against a breaking down Cincy's defense. Do you agree with that, Reed? Uh, yeah, I think they could uh, gum him up. Okay. And then Almada I don't like because Nashville's good at home. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've, we've got a pretty solid core, especially with Nwobodo in, in the mix right there. I think we've got a, a good solid core, so it does have to push people out to the out, out wide. And so depending on what New England's got, some of those options there and where heel gets pushed and who's going to be available up top, um, which we'll talk in the next segment, that uh, um, it could be it could be kind of difficult. So, yeah, I could totally see that. Totally. Uh, don't have much to add. I will just throw well, out a couple. You do this every midfield. You always skip I, I because do. I go last. Well, then <laughs> I'm going to, again, I, I'm going to, I need to go back to bolding your name and putting it's it in green. It's fine. Go. Hit record. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I like Almada. My locks for me this week were Almada and Zoa. And heel. I feel worse about it now. Um, <laughs> I will probably have Mook possibly Espy, and then Lowen and Santi are, are kind of my bubble players. Um, I I think the rise and dip of, of Lowen is what's concerning me. I'm also wondering how he produces without Klaus. They're not really like a one-two punch, um, but but I am wondering, you know, how, how that might look. Um, Santi looked crazy last week, and I just kind of like hopping on someone with good form who's playing a bad defense. I totally agree with it, what you're saying about Ledesma, though, Tyler, but um, that's what kind of drew me to, to Santee for the week. And then yeah, talking like... through it instead of just, like, throwing a team together by myself, I do worry looking at Heels, some of his road stats this so far this season, um, if that's the best place for him. Cincinnati well, at home. Sorry. That's a good point. See, now I'm now I'm just second guessing myself again. I'm just second know. guessing he's based at, on. He's at home, but he's versus himself. good defense. I it's think the first versus second in the East. Yes, it's first versus second, and I think I'm not robbing for what we're going to talk about next, but I do think what that New England lineup looks like. Veroni getting a brace is fine, but that's not like a genuine offensive threat. The the front three that New England put out last week, but they were playing Sporting Kansas City, so it worked out well for them, right? So FC Cincinnati is not the same beast, and so I kind of worry what he can produce if Nuovo is playing too. So um, I think I I don't like dropping heel at home. That always makes me kind of nervous, but um, I think yeah, there's I some 
a lot of like on the cusp options for midfield this week and not a ton of you have to take blank. Um, so I think that might be where kind of some of the deciding factors are this week is, is in the midfield. Go ahead, read now. I'm done. I was going to say, I don't really have anything else to add. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw out a couple of other names if people just looking for other options. I know we mentioned Osorio earlier on, if you want to look at some of the point production from Osorio. And then if you are, as Blaine said, if you're interested in Orlando, it's Torres or Ojeda. Uh, I think Torres is edging out Ojeda a little bit, uh, but it's sort of six of one, half dozen of another right there if if you like those options. But I think you all covered the main players that we're going to be seeing throughout this week. So let's move I, on. I do like Shandio, Shandio's idea in chat of Tom, Eric Tommy this week because mm. they're hosting Montreal. Do you have any say on that, Blaine? His numbers are better than they were last year. Um, he's trying too hard, and that's what everybody's saying is he's really trying to push the game. He's only got a four average, and he plays crazy. He's all over the place. He's just not been sharp because he's trying so hard. Okay. This could be a game where he really gets in a groove, but that midfield has not looked good all all across the line, and he's suffering because of that. I think if the midfield was a little more cohesive, his numbers would go way up, and they're just not there. Okay. Let's move on to forwards then. Tyler, who do you like? No consensus picks. No consensus forwards. I currently have three just because I don't know what to do with my scrubs yet. So I have Taxi Funtas because he's in form and I already talked about Click and I talked about it in my early section. I think Funtas is the guy that runs the entire DC team. And you'll find that in common with all my forward picks. The other person that runs the entire DC or he runs the entire Dallas team is Jesus Ferreira so he's my really late backup on Sunday if I but he's my first scrub if I need to scrub someone and then the other forward who runs the cog is Diego Rubio so I just have three forwards that play out of position most of the time they play like that number 10 playmaking role and they're just the the person that is the playmaker for their team so Funtas, Ferreira, and Rubio all right, fair. Ashley? Literally the first person I put on my team this morning was Klaus. And then I got on the intranet and realized he got subbed hurt, and it was devastating for me. I do not in any way think that Gio Chini is a, is a comparable option, um, but I think that he, for his price, is a, is a decent play. Um, I don't know that I'll start him, but it's definitely something I'm considering. I also put Taxi on my team pretty early um, for the same reasons that Tyler's saying. Um, I'm not against Savarino against Seattle. Um, I also think that Swiderski is a, is a decent shout, even though he's a road shout. Um, and then I'm going for Shalloway, um as a bench play, probably. Uh, I just really struggled... Um, first glance and then second glancing um, strikers this week. And um, like I said earlier, I, I think that there's going to be goals in, in that SKC game. And I like him more than Johnny Russell. Um, and I don't trust Polito because he just hasn't played enough in the last year and a half. Um, I think he's the best player um, for goals there, but 
Um, but, you know, I understand it's not my team, and Blaine will tell me why I'm wrong, but from looking at fantasy and watching the games, I like Shallowy the most uh, in that spot if, if I'm going to pull from one of those SKC front three. And I also okay. think that, to echo what I, what was the brought to you by, is those front three should score. Um, it's gonna happen. I know they're not scoring. And so to pick them to not score is a, is a more popular bet at the moment. Um, probably a better bet, but we've watched those three rack up so many points in fantasy at different phases of time that I think it's inevitable that that dam will break and it's just who's kind of gonna lead it. So, um, I think taking one of those front three this week, probably, like I said, just for bench play, cause it's all a nightmare. Um, is it is a decent look, Wayne? Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I I threw Polito in my list. Okay. Um, I I like the way he plays. Agata's. I don't know if you have this in yours. Agata has a stress fracture. He's out twelve weeks. Oh yeah, I forgot so, to put that in. Yeah. So Polito is the guy right now, and he will be starting. Um, yeah. he's looking more involved all the time. It takes a little bit to get back in there. But I disagree with what you're saying about these three have given us fantasy points. These three have gotten it done. That midfield has been such garbage connecting with the front three. Sure. They're not getting service. They're not getting the ball. They're having to do it themselves. And when a defense can sit back four on three because there's no midfield support there, they shut that down a lot better than they used to. This isn't Aren't they the old two FKP DPs, we... though? Like, you got to know how to work through that. They, they can try. figure it out. Yeah, they try. They've only had two hoping... games altogether, right? It's only been yeah. two, two weeks. Yeah, that it's they been, all been very short. Did. And again, it was shallowy with a great cross to Russell streaking at the back post this week for the goal. I mean, it was those two guys getting involved. If I were to pick one of the wingers, I think I'm leaning Russell. It's I, I just like the way he plays against this team. I feel like he's going to be the more goal-oriented player. Shallowy's not the same scorer that Russell is. I think that's the way I would lean. But yeah, I think you've got to look at this sporting because I really don't have forwards I want this week. I see a lot of decent potential. I won't even say good potential. I see a lot of decent potential, but I'd rather take a bonus point defender this week than risk a two or a three from one of these forwards I see. The other guy I had on my list, and I'm hoping he starts and it's early enough I can see it, is Bernadeschi. I, if Insigne is back, Osorio playing the way he is, I'm okay with that. Like, I like it, the way he's played this year. If he's starting, I think it's great. The guy I'm really hoping to see. How much I'm, is he? I'm, I'm, what? How much is he? 9.6 now. Okay. Uh, the guy I hope starts is, I'd love to see Duncan McGuire start for Orlando. That's an easy one to slot on my bench. If he hits, I can scrub my other forward out, and I'm happy. Are you happy with him only playing playing under 60, though? Because he's been subbing out at 50, though. Well, he's only got two starts on the season, I think. Yeah, but I think they're both under 50, or under yeah. 60. Uh, No, he's gotten – he went oh, 60 he? first one. Oh. Yeah, I just – I hope he starts. I hope they start keep giving him minutes. I, And that's a game I like. Benteke is another guy I would love to see a little more consistency for. I think this is a week he could really go off. But again, I, I'm seeing more consistency on defense, so I'm really struggling to pick guys here. So I'm looking at like Bernadeschi because he's been good, and if he doesn't start, okay, I'll just stick with my one Kansas City starter. 
and try to figure out my scrubs around that because I just don't see a lot of guys I can rely on. And I'm struggling this week to pick forwards that I think are even going to give me more than two bonus points. Whereas I know if I spend a little bit less money than a premium forward, I can get Rodriguez for San Jose, who's probably going to get me four, five, six bonus points, which puts me right up there, right behind a tier one striker Mm -hmm. that is boom or bust. Yeah. And to go along with the SKC debate, I believe Blaine, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Russell and Shallowy are splitting corner kicks right now, set pieces. They take their respective sides usually. Yeah, yeah so it's in swingers or out swingers, whatever it yeah. is, they're they're splitting. Yeah. Yeah. So both for both of those forwards are a good option if you're looking for a set piece guy. All right. Well, I don't have anything else to add for forwards that you guys have covered. Uh, a lot of the main ones, and I uh, don't see anything else in, in chat. So let's move on to our captain targets. Ashley, who do you have? Guys, I don't have anybody right now. I Like, Lame. at first I thought, no, <laughs> skip. I, I'm leaning towards Zella, um, but I don't like the week he just had, and that's kind of what, what takes me off him. So um, I might feel bold and go Mukhtar, but I don't think that Atlanta is that bad, so... 14, 16, 8. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm leaning Zella. That's who I have right now. I think there's a lot of great home midfielders this week. Heel, Luke, um, Insigne or Osorio, if you like that matchup. There's a there's too many good home midfielders, but I think the one that's got the best matchup or the weakest opponent is Zella facing Miami. So I'm leaning that way to start the week. That may change as we get lineups and different news. But right now, that's the one that feels safest. Yep. Tyler? Uh, probably Breck Shea. Breck Shea. Um, if I could, no, I wouldn't. No. You know it. Um, <laughs> I think it's definitely between Mukhtar or Zayla. But looking at Zayla's home games, it's 14, 16, mm-hmm. 8. Like, yeah, that's what makes me want to do it. That's the captain <laughs> for me, for sure. But if I really want to be risky, but I think I have to be safe for FCL. If I want to be risky, I might be capping Clip. Look at you. That's a ranch, ranchinator pick if I've ever heard. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, for me, nothing, nothing fancy. I, I agree. I like that Zella matchup. And uh, he is who I have the captain on right now. So pretty, pretty simple. I'll see what other thoughts are throughout the week, but... Uh, that's it. But that's all we have for the show tonight. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And a special thank you to the people of the Discord community who had some comments about uh, us on the show and oh, yeah. some, some appreciation that they gave for just us trying to put information out so close after the end of previous weeks. Things do change. So, yeah, this is just our first reactions Uh as almost as soon as you can after rounds have ended things do develop and that's why you got to keep up with the information with our community but thank you though everyone who did make some very nice comments uh, about what we do it is a labor of love and it's just increased by you all being members of this community so uh, i guess that was my little little early plug myself but let's go ahead and talk with plugs everybody else blaine yeah, I want to piggyback on that. It was great to see the community rally around us like that. There, it got a little spicy this week, and it was fun. It was all in, it was all in good fun. I mean, nobody took anything offense or whatever. It was good, but 
I want to shout out our all our guests on here, Tyler, Christian, Ari, everybody who comes on this show. It takes a lot to put your picks in front of a thousand people and put them up there. Reed's saying we don't have a thousand listeners, but we got a thousand yeah, people yeah. on Discord. Like, and it all gets talked about, and everybody references what we say throughout the week. Um, it takes a lot of guts to put picks out there like that when MLS is such a uh, tumultuous league, and we get crazy stuff happening. Like Zella was a great pick last week, and he gets a two or a three. Like it happens. You, we all champion the wrong players every once in a while. Every and it week takes we do. a lot of guts. <laughs> yeah. Some of us do it more often than others. But... <laughs> Some of us write an article about bad picks. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, for it, the content. Yeah, for the content. <laughs> it takes a lot to get out here and just put yourself on the line like that in front of everybody, and be willing to step up and do it. So I want to say thank you to all of our guests because that conversation kind of led me to there. We got a lot of people who don't do this regularly that come in here and it's just like deer in, deer in the headlights throwing out all this. And they're speaking like experts in front of a bunch of people that are going to take their word for what they're saying. And it's, it's part of making content. It's part of putting yourself out there and it's a lot of fun and it's a little scary sometimes. So thank you to everybody who's been a guest on the show or wants to be a guest on the show or help support this show because it's a lot of work and a lot of fun. Tyler. Uh I'll do my my serious plug is I want to thank all the teachers or other people that have been really supportive to me throughout my student teaching so far. So I'm going to name specifically Meg uh Tinkerman and Curtis, S. Curtis in chat. Those have been three that have helped me the most through this career. And I will be graduating within two, I think two or three more weeks, I'll be graduating and have my teaching certificate. So I want to thank those three specifically because I've gotten a lot of questions off them. And Ashley. I'll pretend not to be offended that you didn't reach out to me because I've been an educator for 12 years and that's fine. Oh, well. uh, but I'm very happy for you. She <laughs> said know. with all seriousness. Um, I have kind of a serious plug this week too. We like Reed and Blaine alluded to, we had kind of a weird back and forth earlier in the week um, with, with people in Gen Chat on Discord um, that, you know, kind of made me feel feel some feels and, and feel certain ways. Uh but I was really happy to hear about some other areas of people who play who have been following the show um, just because they're girls and I'm on here. And I know that they take very serious what everybody else's picks are. Um, but that was really cool for me to hear. Um, so I want to give a shout out for my plug to Kathy's Cookies FC, who is a player, uh, Lucia, that listens with her dad uh, and that he's a longtime listener and a longtime player and that. Uh, it's just really awesome to see. I don't think playing fantasy of any sport is a is a gender thing, but when you're definitely the fewer one, um, it's always nice to feel appreciated for speaking as loud, if not often louder, uh, than some of some of the more prominent males. So um, shout out to her and everybody else who who plays. There's a lot of women who play and women who are better than I am, but um, that was some fun feedback to get this week. So shout out to her. And so I thought you'd like going last this week <laughs> to end on that very high note. Well, yes, thank you so much to everyone who gets inspiration from the show, from us, and who just enjoys having fun and listening to the show each and every week. And of course, as always, good luck. Mm -hmm.